You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to the 145th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Coach Tim in Orlando, Florida. Uh, this is Matt in Minneapolis. This is Spencer in Boston. Hey, Spencer. Great to talk to you, little guy. Great to talk to you. But, oh, guys, we have a lot to discuss. I don't know where to start. I am excited. You are? Are you excited just because you love cycling or um, anything else? Any Any reasons? Well, there's a lot to discuss today, but I think okay. number right, one yeah. on my list is that French cycling is at the top of the uh, cycling world with Paris Nice, and not only was it Julian Alaphilippe in the breakaway, it, it wasn't took just away. <laughs> no, breakaway. Spencer, who took the win today at Paris Nice Stage One to get us excited about cycling? Well, that was FDJ's superstar sprinter and uh, a man who likes to make pit stops in in. RVs on the side of the road during the Tour de France when he just has to go. Andre like Demar. I don't know so, if I actually like that. <laughs> hey, well, I, I, Spencer and little guy, what's more important? <laughs> what's more important? The stage one victory of Paris Nice or Strati Bianchi? For a Frenchman? <laughs> the yeah. stage one of Paris Nice. Uh, for everybody else, what Strata Bianca. <laughs> So, like, here's here's part of the issue, though, is that Strada Bianca has become a classic in such a short time period. It's only been around for about 11 years. And then you add it all together. Paris-Nice was an amazing first stage today. I don't, I don't know yeah. what to get more excited about. Like, maybe Strada Bianchi needs to be on a different weekend. I don't, no, I don't I know. Think, no, kind of, no, no, no. You gotta I think, pack it in. I like this. Yeah, I think uh, 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 Paranese lost all hope for being an amazing uh, race when they changed the finish. You know, the last stage to whatever it is now from the old exciting uh, along the coast drag race, which was always awesome. Are um, not doing that this year? Um, but you bring up an interesting point, Tim, which is maybe the first time that that's happened on this podcast. So congratulations. Um, Coach Tim. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I know you're a few sails to the wind right now. So that, that should keep, keep us all on our toes tonight. Um, we talked a lot last weekend about the classics and, and, you know, which ones were our favorites and, you know, whatever. And we kept throwing around the Strata Bianca. And it, it like... Your question just now makes me ask to myself, well, how does one, how does a race become a classic? Like, when do we decide that it's a classic? Like, we were talking about monuments, but let's, let's talk about classics in the grander sense. Like, is that a thing that a race just sort of inherits? Or does, is there a voting party? Or is it the fans' responsibility? Is it the UCI's responsibility? Is it just it's... age itself in? Uh, I think it's a combo. I think it's like look at the quality of riders 
and teams mm-hmm. that end up at a race. You know, so, like Stradivianca, look at all top tier teams. Yeah. It's World Tour now, right? But even right. before it was World Tour, you always had the best riders wanting to win it. And and like, whereas yeah. the race last Wednesday that I wanted to rep to you guys called like La Sam or something, which I can't pronounce very well in Belgium, has all the qualities for a classic. Um, yeah. But, you know, it has like two or three World Tour teams there, and then it has like Wanty, and it has some like serious like teams you're like, what? Never heard of that team before. Yeah. Um, and a guy from Wanty won it. Sweet race, but like cobbles, climbs, brutal crosswinds, Belgium in spring. It's got everything you need, but it's not. I mean, I, I won't, I wouldn't make that argument for it that it's a, that it's a classic. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I think that being on the world tour, like the UCI world tour, it mm-hmm. means a lot from like that top level. I know that Trobro Leone is not on the top level. Yeah, and that and might like be the Beijing tour, right? That shit yeah. was awesome. <laughs> Beijing tour also. Because <laughs> when top the riders level. would like come around a I corner think... and you could see them for like three seconds, come out of the smog and then go away and smog <laughs> the other way, you were like, this is what makes cycling beautiful. It, right. And I think this, that. Ugh. I think that the all of that together, I mean, yes, little guy, great point about the Beijing tour, but the Trobro Leon is really the only race that I know outside of the UCI World Tour that really captures my fancy. And I think that once you get on the World Tour level, Spencer, that then yeah. you are a classic. I know that the Abu Dhabi tour is on there. I know the Great Ocean Road Race. I know right. the Tour Down Under. But That's honestly, shit, Come on. and and I know that Umloop is not on the uh, the world tour uh, yeah. level, but or sorry, Umloop is. But Strade Bianchi is like the second race of the uh, season. Yeah. That at that point, I'm kind of like, all right, now the racing is here, and Kiwakowski takes the victory, which is fantastic. No one would challenge that at all. And then you got Greg Van Emmeret <laughs> and. Tim Wellens together, and then Stybar on fourth place. Yeah. I mean, it was almost a pretty beautiful race. Ninety percent <clears throat> chance of rain. The rain came through. It was great, and and there was a women's race as well, which we don't even see with half the Belgian races. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty excited about the whole so, uh, setup of the Strade Bianchi. Yeah, no, I agree. Those are good points, and like, uh, you know, anything that wants to be considered a classic at this point should have a women's version. Um, That would be maybe a good place to start. Um, You know, but I was just curious uh, what you guys thought, like where, where something makes the jump, you know, to classic level in the psyche of the cycling. Self promotion. Yeah. I think you've got to be like willing to put it out there. Like the promoters of, Strade Bianchi, what about where the- they're like, hey, <laughs> we are classic, and they just claim it, and now people yeah. are like, oh, well, 11 years, it's been around, like, at this point, it's a classic. What about the Tour de Fords in uh, in Norway? They Ooh. have, like, the world's best Twitter account. That is, race... Well, that's the only way they can get their credit. Yeah, that race, like, deserves a lot of credit, strictly on social, uh, on social media outreach, so... That one's one I always look forward to, even though I don't know when it happens in the year so- at all. <laughs> Guys, to get it to get down to nuts and bolts, right? Yeah. If we're gonna if we're gonna throw it all down there, little guy Spencer, I gotta ask you a quick question. Is the finish in CN at the Strade Bianchi mm-hmm. the greatest finish in one day cycling, or are you gonna put the velodrome at Paris Roubaix over that, or wherever the heck Tour de Flanders finishes? Oh, it's certainly not Flanders because that's not a very exciting finish. Mm-hmm. 
It I, might be. I think so, especially with like this edition, the wet cobbles. Like those guys had to gingerly go around those corners, and then sprint yeah. out of them. Like but, Wellen's like fishtailed a little trying to catch Greg Van Armand. But in the last little guy, it's, it's a pretty cool it is, finish. Even if it's dry, I think that that's what you got to take. You got to take it into like how if it's dry, that it's like a stadium esque setting. I can't imagine that those roadways are further uh, the wider than like you know. A, Two lanes of traffic. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty tiny little section, no? I, I, yeah. I enjoy the finish on the on the velodrome, and uh, part of what kind of takes away from it, I guess, for me, is that the roadies don't utilize the track properly. Like the sprints that's could true. be so much better if these guys would take some uh, some track classes and just kind of practice out there and 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 learn how to use the track to their advantage a little bit. Um, I got to say though, as far as finishes, I, I have always been a big fan of like the, uh, some of those uh, Ardennes classics, like the finish on the Coburg is always awesome, which of course they changed for this year. So that sucks. Tom Boonen, Tom Boonen is not a fan of that. It's getting pissed off, man. I thought he was going to make it. He's getting grumpy. <laughs> He's going to make it through. And uh, we should give a shout-out to Elisa Longo and then Katazrina Niwadoma and Elizabeth Deegan going on the podium at Strada Bianchi. I'm very excited to see the women's race, which got very good coverage on the internets that I saw across. And, Spencer, I want to yeah. talk a little bit about um, a tweet that you had today about NBC Sports app and how it seems like after all these years, maybe we have become adult enough that we're finally appreciating the ability to purchase the coverage of these events over the course of a season to yeah. keep uh, cycling going. Because we are the kings of free yeah. pirated streams. And are we now old enough to move on? I think maybe. I think maybe. I, I, I got to say, watching Peronese today in high definition on my 48-inch television – was pretty sweet, you know. Like, That's pretty cool. It's it's something I could not have imagined, you know, ten years ago. It just was not even a possibility. Um, and you know, we it's not like we've never tried. Like you guys gave a a very fair shake, I think, to Cycling TV, <laughs> which was a massive failure <laughs> in pretty much. I'm pretty every sure sense. they're still stealing money from the little guy's bank account. <laughs> Probably are. I, the craziest thing is when we actually first got into cycling, like 2003, 2004, I, I, I had cable at the house I lived at. So I started out with this. Like That's when they showed the Volta, for God's sakes. Yeah. Like the whole thing. I would get up early before work and watch parts of the Volta. Yeah. I mean, it was easier at that point to see stuff than it became then in the intervening uh, years. Well, we were still in the Lance era then, so things yeah, were yeah. – th it was a roller coaster. Oh, it's It's been good. a roller coaster of emotions for, so, as far as following cycling. But this NBC app – and they don't have every race, obviously. They can't – you know, they bought whatever so, package they can get. So we but, still need to download some viruses. We still need to let the Russians uh, for, for, come for after For certain us. races. Depends on, you know – how much race if you're if you need to consume everything yeah you're you're going to consume some russian viruses as well um but the nbc sports gold app is what we're talking about it's like 20 bucks you get i get paris nice i get uh, uh perubay i don't get flanders on that you know so you know you got some holes but 
man, quality is worth it. 20 bucks is something I'm willing to throw down. I hope that they buy more. Now, does that last the whole season? No, it doesn't. It looks like it goes up until the tour, and you probably have to rebuy it for the tour or whatever and everything past that. But, like, like, I'm willing to pay for that. Like, that is that is something that uh, that floats my boat. You know what I mean? Like, I don't pay for a lot of other stuff. So, so you know. I, I agree. I mean, I'm kind of at the point now that 20 bucks for at least 10 weekends of racing – until right. the tour comes, that's not that bad of a deal considering how many beers I buy myself every night. So, <laughs> you know, this is not yeah. too bad. And little guy, I know that you probably didn't watch uh, Paris Nice Stage One today with Dumar and Alaphilippe I and Christophe taking it. third. <laughs> I watched, but some little guy, of it. do you know who took sixteenth place today? Quick, He's look at GoCyclingStats.com. No, I can't say his name. Richie Port, I know. the king of yeah, Australia, but you know what? coming you know in what 16th place. 47 seconds down, which pisses me off because a lot of the other good GC guys. But Dan Martin. Dan Martin's up there. Six. Spencer, okay. America's next great hope, yep. is only nine seconds down on Demer. He has to be the favorite to win this stage race of Paris-Nice. No. And the big news coming out, Romain Bardet getting disqualified for a criminal type of towing <laughs> up did you guys see this the amount of towing that he that was getting to the point that the announcer was even going wow that's kind of strange getting chain lube on your bike after a crash well you know the chain hits the ground and it was rainy so i mean <laughs> but he maybe went on he the, fell in i a think puddle. he crashed on the downside well, drive side after, after <laughs> you adjust the brake for a while then you adjust the derailleur for a while you know what's left? You gotta, you gotta True the, the chain. Yeah, <laughs> try to chew the wheel. <laughs> you know, you can't do the bike change. You gotta repair everything. Yeah, I think he may have even stopped for some uh, medical attention from the medical car. Uh, but yeah, he uh, made a miraculous recovery up to the pack. So, um, so um, Romain Bardet getting disqualified. Spencer, are you shocked that the next French great hope of stage victories at the Tour de France and almost GC hope? I think he's a GC Gets host, DQ'd? Yeah. Gets DQ'd at Paris-Nice? Kind of shocking. I am, I am shocked. Yeah, I, uh, I thought it was excessive, uh, but I, you know, compared to what we're used to, I thought it was, like, eh, a little egregious, but, you know, like, maybe they'll give him a 30-second uh, time, you know, penalty or something. But uh, I, I think it like makes they're sense. Getting, they're getting harsh. They're, getting, they're sticking to the guns. Well, the, I think the UCI took a lot of flack last week for, like, people riding on the sidewalks again and had yeah. broken stuff. And they, I think they wanted to come down and show that they're actually serious about enforcing all the rules that they have. Yeah, which would be a first. So it's yeah. probably a surprise to everyone in the Peloton as well. Well, yeah, definitely. And I think in a way because he was in the move and the fact that he almost right. got back and that so many guys lost big time because of racing and and – that he sort of like cheated to stay in the move basically and get that time gap is was a bigger deal than if he would have just been getting on the back of the Peloton, you know, yeah. or just limiting his losses to the, all the GC guys. I think it kind of makes a bigger deal if like Contador is like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. I could have just, I could have just got a pull from my car and made it across that gap midway through the stage. Yeah, it's true. You know, like just cause um, you didn't fall down. <laughs> you yeah. Don't, you don't get the sticky bottle, you know? Um, I've, 
Were you guys more excited? I was more excited about Perinis today than than Strada Bianca, only because I expect greatness from Strada Bianca, and I don't. That's true. Stage one, stage one Perinis is like what? Like every I'd say every five years you get a you get a real barnstormer like this where you get crosswinds, it blows apart and it's awesome. Yeah. But in between, it is a snooze. It was. It's, it I was, barely even turned it on. I was, yeah. I was dumb luck that I even checked to see if it was cool. Yeah. It was, you know, uh, scheduled to be, you know, like a, a normal sprint stage. Like, oh, yeah, you know, bunch sprint, you know, nothing exciting. And then that plan just went completely out the window. It was blowing up all over the road. You had that kind of elite group making it to the, the final climb, which wasn't even, you know, a rated climb. It just sort of a, you know, uphill to the finish for the last two or three K. And you had... Kittle getting dropped on this sprinter's Concard stage. getting dropped. Yeah, you had... <laughs> Gripple getting dropped. The gorilla dropping uh, the bananas so, all out the back of the peloton. He, his defense, he did a lot of work for Gallopin. He did Kittle, a ton. He did a ton. Kittle and Concard so, were just... And then, and then I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, DeMar has this because all the sprinters got dropped, and then all of a sudden, Alaphilippe attacks him like crazy. And but Demar was still there. That was that's amazing. That's what was nuts. I know it was. He, he's he's turned himself into the Thor Hushvad of the modern so, era, where he's no longer. He knows he can't win those big sprints all the time against Cav and all those dudes. So he's yeah. gonna finish the same place he always has in those, but be more of a, a one day stage race kind of guy. Is it is it bad, Spencer though, and little guy that I. Don't really care about what happens at Paris Nice at all. Yeah, it because is it's a beautiful all, race. Yeah. No, but here's the thing: it's Milan San Remo two weeks out, and all yeah. I really care about, as far as these weak ass stage races that are about a week week each, is the <laughs> trophy at Torino Adriatico, the greatest uh, trophy yeah. in all of cycling. I mean, and that's true. it's like all I care about is who's going to hold up that trophy. I I don't know if I'm going to be following each stage, and I. Appreciate no. the private coverage of NBC Sports Network, and I'm going to buy the twenty dollars subscription fee because it it does mean a lot to support cycling when it comes down to it. But I got to be honest, guys. Until Milan San Remo comes around, you're going to have to really be pushing me in a Tim, certain corner to move on. The, the, if you want to fully enjoy Milan San Remo, you need to know how everyone's riding. So today, you got to see that Kittle can't get up a hill at the end of a hard day. Concard yeah. can't quite even make it to the hill. Greipel, it's a little hard to know because he did a lot of work for Gallopan. But that Damar chased down Alaphilippe on a climb after a brutal crosswind That's stage. crazy. Like, that's, and he already won Milan Sarama once, and people kind of act like he wasn't, he wasn't good like, enough. Yeah, there was a fluke. I think he, yeah. he definitely sent a little shot across the bow of all the other sprinters being like, yeah, you guys, I'm, I'm flying. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. So it it could be it could be a repeat Milan Sanremo, which would be pretty amazing. Like plus his team started that they started that split. Like FDJ as a team, it wasn't like dumb luck he made it there. FDJ did that. Like not only did they do it, <laughs> they executed. Like they weren't just what? there hanging on by the skin of their teeth and tatters. yeah, it wasn't like everyone fell down and he won. Like his team crushed it. They split yeah. it and then they they whooped on quick step. Yeah. So and then he chased so, down a climber. Okay, Tim, how are you things. not excited? I know it was, but it still wasn't 
Maybe it wasn't what? the one day event though. Do you know like Tim just that's wants what to hate on, on one week stage Here's races. Uh, and I gotta say, one week stage races are awesome. They're better. No, they are. They, they're they, better they are. than Grand again, Tours. They are. They are again. But you know. Here's the thing. A one-day stage race. I come home from my bike ride. There's like an hour left of the racing. Little guy, stop it. Here's the next question. Okay. Is it it the fact that I can't pay attention to a week-long stage race, let alone a three-week stage race, and then brings us into this next level? Is the Hammer Series, in fact, what I should be caring about, which is the new Velon Series that basically takes a – Week-long stage race and compiles it down to, what, a three-day race? Three days. Where it, yeah. ends, where it ends on a team time trial, where it's almost like a cross-country ski event where there's the pursuit at the end, where the slowest teams yeah. go first. so I know explain, little guy hasn't better. read up on yeah, this, I don't know so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and explain it here. Um, but the, all the teams invited, which is you know all the Velon teams, a couple other ones, and then uh, a bunch of Continental teams – I don't know if there's a bunch of continental teams. Anyway, um, they all select five riders to do stage one, which will be a like a circuit race, basically like a sprint, and um, and they can earn points. Like their first five riders earn points. So, okay. so the first no, <laughs> this okay. is too complicated. It's very confusing. But it's going to make So it's sense. a point system. It's, it's a point system first, by team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's five riders. First 10 riders across the line each lap get points. So it's kind of like yes. a track race yes. in that. Oh. Yes. Are there ninja preems? No, no, no. It's every lap. Okay. So it's, okay. like, it's like a, uh, a tempo race or whatever. It's a tempo. Oh, so the first, the first day is the hammer sprint. So you do like a 10K loop, and every time around for your 10 laps, the top 10 guys get points. So it's like a big sprint every, every lap. And you can get, you know, multiple guys in there from your team, right? Okay. And you take those points to the next day, and the next day is uh, a similar setup, but it's climbing, right? So there's a, a climb, and the points are at the top of the climb, like the KOM. The top ten guys across get points, and you, you again, you have five riders from your team show up. And so it's more, it's more supposed to be a team-based event than it is, like you know, individual glory, even though we all know cycling is a team sport. Like no Chris Froome wouldn't win the tour if he didn't have a team. Right. But like he gets all the glory kind of thing. So they're trying to mitigate that. Um, And then the final stage is a, is a team time trial and you're staged like a pursuit, you know, like the first team goes, whoever's in the lead with the most points goes and gets a 30-second gap, and then the next team goes, and there's a 20-second gap, and then the next team goes. Oh, and after okay. that, it's all 15 seconds, and everybody, like, your finishing order in that <laughs> team time trial thing is the finishing order overall. <laughs> all I'm thinking about is AG2R starting last and finishing last on the team time trial. It's going to be amazing. On, yeah. So if you can catch a team, you move up a spot in in the rankings, right? Like, so I think this is amazing. I I'm actually very excited. I'm I, totally sold on this idea. It's something new and fresh. It's weird. It's really weird. I want to see how it goes for sure. I need to see this team time trial course because if we're gonna have two or possibly three team time trial trains 
bombing into a corner. It could be incredible. God. Just incredible. Yeah. That's I that sounds scary. I hope they force them to do it on road bikes. Just like they only get to bring one bike per rider. That might thing. be. If you crash out, you're out of the race. It might um, be. When is this going to happen? It's happening in know? June. I don't have the dates in front okay. of me, but it's happening in okay. June. Um, but it's this year. It's actually happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the plan. The I'm pretty much excited about – I think it's a little weird, but I'm pretty much excited about everything that's happening because – it's clearly made for TV. It's clearly made for non-cycling fans to enjoy and not have to know everybody and everybody's backstory and all this. They can just kind of root for the jersey that they like the best, right? And that team could win. Mm-hmm. The The one big problem that I have is that there's not a women's side to it. And that could be because it's a, a first-year... I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it yeah, could be because any... it's a first-year event thing. I don't know, but hopefully they're planning to add that because it's a big oversight yeah. in, in Man, you totally deflated the balloon that I had because I was excited for the first time ever to actually pay attention to a team time trial. Yeah. It's kind of like during the tour when it's a time trial stage. I'm like, ah, screw it. I'm going to go for a bike ride that day. Like, I don't care at what? all about what and happens. Exactly. And... That's the magic is like... A normal team time trial, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, they did it in, you know, X time, and they did it in Y time, and you got to do some math. And, man, I ain't got time for math. I want to see if they caught and passed the team in front of them, and that's all that I need to know. Yeah, they beat that guy, you know, done. So Simple. All right. We did. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm kind of. One guy's it. got a I'll point. Yeah. I'll all right. I, I don't really have a great segue here. But I do want to say before we, get to our, um, before we get to our prem lap that Michael Bodingemer was our very first Slow Ride Podcast listener to hit us up on the Twitter uh, at the Slow Ride Pod to say, um, hey, did you guys check out these 10 wide, wide-angle podium at Southern Cross? In which multiple people, at least 20 different people hit us up. With pictures of this podium, <laughs> and we got first, second, third. You got Thomas Turner, longtime uh, Southern uh, mountain bike champion, in seventh place. And right next to him is the one, and the only Lance Armstrong, with both hands up in a wide-angle podium. Guys, do we need to tell Lance Armstrong how to act on the podium? I mean, if it's a ten-wide podium and only the top three get in the box, I mean. <sighs> He may it's, need to be directed seems, on this. Yeah, it seems like all rules are out the window at that point, I guess. But, I mean, I, I would I expect the man to know that outside arm up, right? Like, well, has he he been, has, I don't think he's been fourth place at anything since World Championships <laughs> in 99 or whatever. So he's probably I mean, had a lot of practice. We had a lot of people hit us up. I know he didn't <laughs> take the win, but how angry do you think Lance Armstrong is that he didn't win Southern Cross? Um. Off. I don't know if that was one that he felt was a big hole in his Palmares, but, you know, maybe. Is he dope? Can I just say this? this? Is that, like, the amount of pictures that we got sent to our Twitter of the same podium From different is angles. pretty amazing. <laughs> we got about, I would say, at least 10 to 12 photos sent to us of this podium alone of different angles. Yep. And last time I'm trying solid fourth place, I don't know what happened, but, guys... George Hincapie isn't even in the top ten. Didn't didn't make the super wide podium. Um, not sure what happened there. He must have flatted. 
must have been something because he's definitely Do you think quality maybe he enough. Gave his wheel? Do you think he gave a wheel to uh, Lance? That could like, be. Like could Lance, be. like Lance flatted, and then George's like, "Hey, I'm the Was... domestique here, and I'm going <laughs> to hand you this." Is this a mountain bike race? Maybe it's, it's like a kind of a gravel grinder. Maybe okay, okay. I don't know. Oh, see, <laughs> George honest. probably burped it then, and that's why he didn't finish. Could have burped it. He could have burped it. I, I mean, mean, let's let's <laughs> all just you know, we all are hoping that. The uh, the the stem bolts held strong and the and the fork did not separate from the uh, from the crown and and come apart in his hands, causing him to look bewilderedly at the camera from mid pack yeah. as uh. he veered off into the ditch. Uh, so we got we got that sent to us. We we had so much gold on the Twitter account at the Slow Ride Pod this week. Brandon Masterman also hit us up said. Hey, really looking forward to the super rookie having to repeatedly say Kiwakowski on this Slow Ride podcast tonight. Well, it, it is Kiwakowski. I've nailed it all week. Thank you, Brandon. He is our <laughs> champion of Strada Bianchi. We also had Paul Buchanan out in the West Coast hit us up about the sounds like a line straight out of the big disc dossier because he's talking about Tony Martin tweeting about disc breaks on Paris Nice. Gentlemen. Well, you know, Peter Sagan has come out against yeah, Big Disc. That was yeah. the big is news. It, is this the new challenge across the year? We haven't even. I mean, what's a bigger story, Big Disc or Team Sky's doctor giving out oh. injections to team staff? Where are we supposed to put our attention this Dude. week? Okay. That's not the the I thing that he like lost his laptop on holiday and all that crap. That's that's bigger. Come on. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, like, yeah. Team Sky, Spencer, I'm with you. I don't. <laughs> I really, just, yeah, I, I just don't. don't I, I know we don't care, but guys, uh, Team Sky is not going to exist by the time the yeah, Taylor your Knights prediction is going to come true, Tim. Like this, this <laughs> is you. pretty incredible. You go back <laughs> to the New Year's, for. okay, the New Year's episode where you made your predictions Murdoch, and you said Sky would I'm, not exist. <laughs> I'm ready to move on. Them up, man. I'm ready to move on to Pat Bu- or to Paul Buchanan's uh, tweet about right. Big Disc, though, guys. So this is, is a big, this is a big deal. Peter Soggins. As we know, he's the cult leader of cycling. He's going to be, you know, the probably leader of all people on earth by the time he's done doing what he's doing. And he is now saying he does not want a mix of disc brakes and no disc brakes in the Peloton. And that's, that's a big deal. He's, there's no Cancelera to be the man of the Peloton anymore. It is Sagan. He wears the you stripes. Think it's Sagan? He wears the stripes. Who else is going to do it? I, I, I don't know if Sagan has all 100% of our focus. I mean, maybe a Contador, I think, is still the senior man. Maybe a Sven Tuft is the, uh, is <laughs> yeah, the king maybe. of the Peloton. But let, let's go back to this, Spencer. He says he doesn't want a, missed, a mixed Peloton. Yep. Would he be okay with 100% disc brakes? I'm a little uh, confused on what his uh, stance is. Well, yes. since we can't get there because, you know, Colnago still makes road bikes... You know, probably, uh, probably uh, hedging his bet a little bit. I I heard that he he was saying that it wouldn't be fair for some people to be uh, penalized with uh, wheel changes and whatnot. Like he didn't want to do it because he didn't want to get a flat at Paris Roubaix and yeah. then have to wait three hours while somebody takes out the whatever the giant tube. And, <laughs> and I don't know, you know what they call it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he also came out in favor of they actually little... tie skewers too. Yeah. So everyone's Look, going was... back to those. I was going to say, just for your reference, when you're referring to the uh, the 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 new disc brake 
technology stuff for for skewers. It's just mm. called a super skewer. That's super like the skewer. that's okay. the uh, you know technical term. So when you're talking to anybody in mountain bikes or anything, you know, mm. just say, hey, you know, I heard the wheel changes are going to be slower because of the super skewers that all the disc wheels have. So okay, I'll say that. No. I, you know, I'm I'm I was thinking of heading into my local bike shop tomorrow and just uh-huh. talking about talking about parts of bikes I don't know anything about. <laughs> so I'll bring that up. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll see. Now I'm going to feel really, um, I'm going to feel cool. Good. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks for the help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Uh, this is Stephen Hyde with Cannondale cyclocrossworld.com. And you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. And that sound, that sounds like a preem, guys. And I know that you're all like, Tim, go off the front. It's the Duluth Criterium. You need to be off the front to win the preems. So not only do you win a nice floor pump, you can also take the time second bonuses. So Little Guy Racing can win the overall. Do you guys remember that? Seven years ago today? Was it seven years? <laughs> it wasn't today, but it's more than know, that. Good memory. Maybe not today, but that's the glory. Seven years, too. You so, did. You sacrificed a lot in that crit. I did. It was I, your, I, yeah. It was maybe your finest moment. Yeah, not the total finest moment. That's the Cat Three Kai State Kai Kieran Championships. Yeah. But anyway, Spencer, what are we racing for today? Well, uh, today we are racing for Health IQ. Uh, you've heard us talk about it before. You can go to healthiq.com/slowride uh, to find out more about life insurance. They sponsor. Uh, or they do the research to get you. It's basically a sponsorship because you're getting stuff essentially for free. You're getting a big discount off your life insurance because you are an elite Cat 3 bike racer. So, Which is pretty much my entire resume. Yeah. That's what all I ever wanted to be. So if you're riding 50 miles a day. Yeah, if you're riding 50 miles, 50, a week. 50 miles in a week or more, like they can save you money. If you're you know, a marathon runner, they can save you money. If you're uh, living an active lifestyle, they can save you money. Uh, it's There's pretty much, it's a win-win situation. They get your business, you save money, everybody's happy. All right. So you can go to healthiq.com slash slow ride yep. to find out more. But here's the next question that I have for you guys. Okay. Spencer, when I'm out riding, I'm wearing a heart rate monitor. Are you? Uh, generally not, no. Okay, little guy, are you? No. Have either of you ever worn a heart rate monitor? Yep. Yep. Like five What times. is the highest number you ever saw on that heart rate monitor? Hmm. Uh, I know what mine was. It was during an Opus crit, and I don't know how. It was probably because I was way out of shape. But I think it was 203. Holy oh, crap. Yeah. I think I saw what, like 185 what? or something. Okay, I saw 183 on the heart rate monitor the other day, and I was a little like, I don't know if this is normal or not, but um, I was hoping that the health IQ did not check in to see what my heart rate monitor is, because I don't know if all of a sudden they're going to be like, ooh, the discount's going away, because I know you're riding 50 miles a, a week, but guys, 183, no. is that too much? They they don't check in on that. They don't care. Um, so right. you can you can do those at a casual pace, or you can smash them out on the uh, on the weekly 
group ride. Uh, it's not not a big deal. So, you know, um, as long as, it doesn't matter if you're a shape cat four like I was, or, <laughs> Two or, three. Uh, or if you're an elite well, masters racer, like it's all, it's all good. Um, Go to healthiq.com slash slow ride. Find out more about how to save on life insurance. We'd also yep. like to thank the members of the Wide Angle Podium Network. You can join up at wideanglepodium.com. You can get special podcast editions. We have the Klein Corner with the little guy. We have yep. Spencer and little guy, or Spencer and myself. We, we sat down and broke down the MLS soccer season opener, which just happened. If you want sports balls... Become a member of Wide Angle Podium <laughs> Network. It's, it's gonna you can become a member at five dollars a month. Whatever you just you one time donations, anything you can choose what podcasts uh, you want to support. So thank you to all the listeners that have come on. We have a lot mm-hmm. of members, and we do appreciate all of that. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, go check all that stuff out. WideAnglePodium.com. Check out all the other shows on the network. You're definitely gonna find something that you will enjoy if you uh, can stomach listening to Tim week after week. So, um, and the, uh, the final thing for this preem lap is uh, um, we have here a, 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 an ad for Dan Chabanov. He's, uh, he's selling his car. <laughs> Whoa, this is a, this is a first, what kind of car? Wait, breaking, let me guess. breaking let me news. Guess. Okay. Let, okay. Dan Chabanoff selling a car on the Slow Ride podcast, putting an ad up. I'm going to guess, I'm just going to assume it's a station wagon. Spencer, am I correct that it is a station wagon or some kind of hatchback vehicle? Uh, that is correct, Tim. Okay. Little guy, breaking it down a little bit, I'm going to say it's a Ford Escort wagon. Wow, how did you know that? <laughs> you got a guess, little guy? You think he's on to something? I I think Tim nailed it, man. I think he I think he nailed it. Uh, he did. He did in fact Whoa. nail it. It's a Ford Escort wagon. Um, it says here it's beat up cosmetically, but it runs great. No check engine lights. Uh, new timing belt, new alternator. Um, pretty cheap. Going cheap. Got to pick it up in Philly though. So do we know how many miles are on it? Uh, it doesn't say. So I can imagine probably three, four hundred thousand. Um, <laughs> little guy. You you're you're a Ford man. I know this. What the? Uh, if I have to drive American, I drive Ford. Yeah. If what, you have to drive what? an American Ford, you have to get the Ford Escort wagon, guys. It's a station oh. wagon. It's a little, cycling little, car. Little guy's a, a former Ford Taurus wagon owner, as yeah, you may beautiful remember. Beautiful car. Beautiful so, car. So okay, if you had to pick one one color to guess what this car was, what would you go with? Knowing the Ford palette god i hope it's the green like my ford taurus was i don't know what you call that green you you call it you call it perfect green i think is what they call it perfect green you (laughs) nailed it Uh, so that's what we got going on for the dream lap this week (laughs) so i would i'm willing to say that dan chabanoff's ford escort wagon in the color green we can assume that it has low miles that uh, uh, this is the car that it, you want. It probably um, smells that, immaculate. It probably gentlemen, really good. New car smell. This, this car may be the car of the caravan. I mean, this may be the uh, the perfect. It is better than the Volkswagens that we were talking about last week. Yeah, it's this true. Ford Escort wagon, 
Take an email us at the slowridepodcast at gmail.com. We will put you in contact with Dan Chapinoff yep. to get this car purchased in Philadelphia. I know we have some UK listeners. I'm sure we can work out some kind of shipping mm-hmm. um, uh, deal for you if you want to drive on the left side of the road with the right side of the vehicle. Yeah, see how totally you guys perfect. like it. Yeah, and, uh, take that. Stop selling us your cool cars that so are on the wrong side. Thanks to Six. Health IQ. Thanks to Health IQ, Wide Angle Podium, and Dan Chabanov for sl- supporting the Slow Ride Podcast and this week's Cream Lap. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back to the show. This is Elray, bartender at Slogos. Who is this Stephen Hyde character? You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. We are back. back and little show. guy, before we came on the air this week, yeah. you seemed a little giddy. I saw a little smile on your face, and it wasn't because Tom Boone and Tom Boone had slept through the night. I'm pretty <laughs> sure really well that it also night. wasn't because Quick Step has failed to win <laughs> a fur- early season bike race, even though Alaphilippe was there near the finish today at Stage 1 at Paris-Nice. Mm. Little guy, I'm pretty sure that it is time for the first ever Little Guy Quiz Corner. What do we have? Little guy quiz week? corner? Is that what you came up with? Uh, I thought I had something else, but whatever. We'll call it the quiz corner. Well, what uh, else do you have? You got a guy? lot of corners. You got at least four corners going All right, on. Yeah, let's yeah, start I've this got again. Two, so I've nailed right. two down, so I've still got two to go. Okay. What do you uh, want to call it? Uh, quiz then corner. Then we'll start it again. No, we'll call it quiz, quiz corner. Quiz like corner? It. All right. That's nice. The, Q- the QC. <laughs> Is there We're a... at the little guy QC. Let's uh, go. Is there a theme music for the quiz corner? Yeah, I'm working on it. I haven't, I haven't got oh, okay. it finished yet. But we'll, we'll when, put when it this in, becomes in a standalone segment, it'll, okay. it'll have its own jam. Uh, so this weekend I was hanging out with my, my sister was in town, her husband, and somehow mm-hmm. it came up that the Dutch are the tallest people. Like, on average, Dutch men are the tallest men in the world. Rick and I started Smith agrees with that. I started thinking, I couldn't think of a Dutch cyclist that was a small rider. Can you guys think of a single Dutch cyclist? This is my thought to you. That's that's not tall. Like think about all, right. all the Dutch cyclists you know. Michael Rasmussen. I, He's see, pretty I, tall. I think pretty he, tall. as far as cyclists go. Now here's the problem with my quiz. I've been trying to find an average height for a pro cyclist, and I can't find what the average pro cyclist height is. Um, but I I would bet that even amongst pro cyclists, the Dutch are tall. Yeah. Can you guys think of one like below like five five? There's a lot of short, teeny little pro cyclists. But when you think of Dutch cyclists, they're all tall. I think I think I think you're onto something here. I I, I do agree that most Dutch cyclists are tall. Well, anyway, <laughs> I thought that was weird. I just can't think of. A... Wait, that was the well, quiz. So I'm yeah, thinking, quiz. yeah, I'm thinking really that quiz. was the more quiz. Like, more like a little bit of a point and a fact well, and except, a thing. Like. I, immediately, Sepp Van Mark comes to mind. He is a tall guy. Tom Dumoulin, very tall and handsome. Uh, yeah. Nicky Terpstra, tall and deadly handsome. handsome. Can't remember how tall he is. He is um, over six feet tall. I looked it up. I'm both like that. I looked up. So the top ten riders, the the top ten Dutch riders in points, Terpstra, uh-huh. yep, is the tallest. He's he's over six feet tall. Guessing. 
He's pretty, yeah, he's, he's over six feet gone. tall. He's taller than hey. Terpstra. He's one. What, okay, I, you got to go meters because so this is the, like hey, the, they're the both only six one and six two. That's nuts, the only man. the only van that I made it up to at uh, at Worlds in Richmond when we had our media passes to mingle with the pros uh, was the Dutch van, and uh, I was very much distracted by the handsomeness. Of Terpstra and Dumoulin combined, Dumoulin it is was such a hunk in person. It was it is overpowering. That so I agree. We... I'm with you, Spencer, 100. Like okay. a lot of those guys, you're just like, eh, yeah, cool. Look I... there, there he is. But that, that, yeah, yeah. that, that I really their bus enjoy... was just like, oh my god, these guys are, ooh, wow. Yeah, it was it was brutal. Like I could barely do my job. And, and I think the height was part of that. Is like you like. Come on, I went to the Costa Rican team and they were all like they were all like up to my shoulder. <laughs> Granted, they're great riders, but like then you go over to the Dutch uh-huh. team and they're all towering over you and they've all got like they've got like Euro jams hair. on and their they've hair's got perfect all smooth. hair. Yeah. Okay. And you're like, whoa. I really <laughs> hey, I'm guys. really enjoying this story between you two that talking about walking around the start village at the world championships when we had our um our our press passes from the UCI where we finally yeah. made it. You guys are walking around talking to Terpstra, maybe getting no, a Kittle interview here and there, right? And who did I get stuck with? Ivan Stevic, former UCI <laughs> World B champion, also busted um, for doping. Not very tall at all. Not a Dutch cyclist. Yeah. And you, you guys talk can talk all you name? want, but man, what an embarrassing experience. <laughs> Little guy, I also got to say that that experience you, that I you had. You went up to him. You yeah, started well, the conversation. You talked to me for like five minutes to the point that we wouldn't even put it on the podcast. It was too long. I was just trying to ask him a question about like, hey, Toyota United, huh? Yeah. How about Toyota United? And here's the, here's the thing, though. Little guy, you're talking all this about how awesome – cycling is dutch cycling and then i come to you with the little guy quiz corner and you're talking about height i was so like we don't talk about agendas right. on this show here. before you it know, starts and that's what you got is Tim, the quiz corner Tim, I, gotta, is about I gotta cut you off here height. because you know what little guy lars boom is also pretty tall he's a tall guy he is I can tell you he is the third-ranked Dutch cyclist, and he is, is he the, the third tallest, tallest so far All right. at 6'2". Six six All right. 6'2". 6'2". 6'2 and a half, so, though. Little guy, uh, did you have another question for the quiz corner, or is it just nah, the one? I didn't. I didn't really have another question. It was a well-planned I, out segment. It was just a little, a little bit of like... <laughs> Having this conversation and talking about the Dutch, everybody else is just thinking about regular Dutch people. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, holy crap, they are all tall because the only Dutch people I know are like Dumoulin and Lars Boom and Peter Weening and like Vandeveld or, or not Vandeveld, or like Sebastian Langveld and like all these Langveld, dudes. I'm like, yeah. they're all big. Yeah. So little guy, I'm going to I'm going to give you a little bit of saving grace here. Okay. Because yeah, Chris Corner really, was totally really failed the pooch on this one. Yeah. So little guy, I'd like to ask you a little question. Ask me. Yeah, a question. you were pretty excited about a race this weekend. A little um, a race that some of us have never heard of, as we concentrated on Paris Nice. Mm-hmm. What was this race? I don't know. You said there was a race called Lus. I don't know. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it was last here. Wednesday. That's yeah. why I was excited about it because I was talking about how cool it was. Yeah. What it already race happened. Lassame or Lassame or something? I don't yeah. know how to pronounce What's it. What's cool about it? Why should I care about that? Make this better than your quiz corner. Well, hang on. It's cool. 
It's a good race, Tim. It's got cobbles. This year it had rain. It had cobbles. It had wind. It's a Belgian race. It's midweek, so, so it doesn't get all the love. And so it has Wanty. So Did Tim, Wanty win? Tim, you yeah. already talked about this earlier in the podcast. I did already I talk about it. You don't really pay attention. <laughs> Little guy, what I need to know okay. more than anything is who won Little Guy's question corner or whatever we just called this thing. Quiz I think you won because you're the only one who interacted about the actual question. Yes! Tim just made yes! fun and like knocked the fact that I wanted to talk about how tall the Dutch were, and like y- you remembered how handsome Dumoulin was. In, in, oh God, personally, so. I can't forget. So here's a, here's a follow up. Then let's let's flip this around on you two with Spencer Ga- Spencer Spencer guys quiz corner. Spencer um, guys quiz corner. Got Spencer it. guys quiz corner. <laughs> Who do you think is the shortest uh, nationality in professional cycling? The French. It's pretty much coming down to the Italians and the Spanish, I think. I think it's got to be the Italians, man. I think Posavio, like, you know, he, like, <laughs> he, like stacks yeah, the but deck for him. How much does the French? Doesn't uh, Dumoulin bring down the French total so much? No, not really. Since he's Who's done. the guy on the AG2R that's the real tiny one? Post. I mean, he's on the French team. I mean, so he might as well be French, not Italian. He's Italian. Are you here? (laughs) Where are you? (laughs) Coach Tim is here. I'm Uh, given 110%, 100% of the time. uh, And, um, okay. Yeah, let's let's go with Italian. I think Italian's the safest. Since Uscatel is no longer around, um, we can't really properly. I guess Judge. where it really drives it home to me is like you think of Italian GC guys, they're not very tall. You think of Dutch GC guys, Gesink, Dumoulin, mm-hmm. uh, Malema, they're mm-hmm. tall. It's, it's crazy. They're, you know, they're they're big dudes. Whereas the yeah, the French and the Italians are like Stephen Kreiswick. He's a Kreiswick's tall dude too. A tall dude too. Yeah, like yeah. what? The, they don't have any short cyclists. It's weird. It's crazy. Is Kreiswick probably... going to win the Giro this year? Yeah, that's that's going to happen. Uh, that's this is an <laughs> argument. This is an argument for late late April. I don't know if I agree with that, but we we haven't seen we, have, we haven't seen his form yet. He's probably riding Torino with all the other Italian. He probably Italian is. I'm I'm taking a stab dudes. in the dark, and when we do record that episode, I'm going to say something totally different. So that's, that's probably true. That's how I get around these things. Hey, we got a sweet iTunes review this week Ooh. from Perry Roubaix. We actually got three. Perry Roubaix. Hit us up with Outstin Podcast, five stars, <laughs> and he says, I genuinely enjoy the brilliant banter. Their knowledge, perspective, and goofiness are perfect for those long nights of gluing tubulars. That said, Ooh. when a long overdue prediction went to my second favorite racer, Stein Vandenberg, I rejoiced victoriously knowing I was amongst friends who appreciate the grit and glamour. I subscribe, and so should you. Chapeau. So we have a Stein Vindenberg fan who listens to the podcast and gave us a, re- a review. Yeah. It's well, nice to know there's a couple of dozen of you out so there. So that, that review is 100% due to little guy's, uh, you know, selection there. So that's pretty yeah. good. Didn't of the, uh, the Tom Boonin 2. It's not Tom Boonin, then, Tom Boonin. It's Tom Boonin 2. That's different. It's, you know, it's a nuance, yeah. but definitely different now, people. I have to admit, this next podcast review, five stars. It says, Louisville Foam Party Forever. Three funny guys. 
Five stars, that's it. From the one, the only, <laughs> Jesse Reince. And Jesse, I have to admit, I would expect that you would have given us a review a long time ago, since this podcast <laughs> has been around for about two and a half years, and you're one of our favorite racers. <laughs> Little guy, next time you lap him at a cyclocross race in Minnesota, oh. can you just uh, give <laughs> him a little elbows out think... and say thanks for the five stars as you pass him? Uh, if it happens, yeah, I'm pretty sure Jesse crushed me every single time we raced each other this year so um i will definitely do that if i get the opportunity to lap him i'll 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 live it up you know i i think uh maybe the greatest cycling photo that i've ever seen features jesse rents what's that yes it's from the uh, minnesota state cyclocross championships in 2010 when we had the massive snowstorm Mm-hmm. And uh, Pat Lemieux is crashing, and Jesse Rince is crashing with him, and they're like flying through the air. It's hard to describe, obviously, but it's incredible. They they look like they're gonna land in a sweet embrace in a giant pile of snow. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do. Kind of were. I'll and have to dig we, that up and tweet it. Yeah, out. you have to dig that up. I don't. I don't know this photo. And we so got our hundred and twenty fourth. Five star review from I like our dude one two three four five five seven nine four three two seven three one six on these on oh, the tunes. He says I like bikes. Five stars like cheese and fine wine. This podcast gets better with age, and uh, we couldn't agree more. You think after all these years that that is the least we could do? So thank you for that great <laughs> review. Always review us on the Apple iTunes. We will read your reviews live on the air. Maybe give us a question and we can go more. We also want to give a shout-out to Ted Willard, who hit us up on the the slowridepodcast at gmail.com with a picture of what he was selling on eBay this week. And he said, (laughs) now, guess who's killing it on eBay this week? And all he had, guys, was six water bottles that all said ag2r on it get ag2rs and not only are these any water bottles these are these special european water bottles that have the screw on tap that's a little um you know the flap over so once again ag2r water bottles and these are vintage they have the decathlon bike sponsorship attached to it so ted willard hitting us up on the ebay what's on what's in your corner this week so we'd like to thank him for that (laughs) <laughs> oh, we got breaking news over here, you guys. And, uh, and it's it's a breaking tall Dutch news. Uh, Wilco, Wilco <laughs> Helderman is, is, Wilco. Uh, is uh, six feet tall. But in other news, learning about Wilco, one thing I didn't know. Did you guys know this? He's on Sunweb now. What? Uh I didn't realize that, actually. But So can uh, we talk a little about and this? I, I did know that Dumoulin went over there. Yeah, and... He broke his finger at Strada Bianca, so he's out. This Sunweb Pro Job sponsorship. I mean, yeah. they sponsored Jonathan Page. I'm pretty sure at the Cyclocross like World Championships team. back in 2006. Yeah. I mean, they've yeah. been around for a while. They did a lot of Cyclocross sponsors. They did the 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 K-Pow team. So, on the Twitter sphere, Jim, I gotta cut you off. I'm sorry, Strada Bianca. I've got some breaking news here. Carlos Beckentor. The gummy bear did race, and he did not finish. Uh, there's a shot. Don't know why. Uh, I believe probably too heavy. 
probably why. We did get a sweet question on the Twitter sphere from the Alma GP. You should check it out. It's a bike race in Michigan, the Alma GP. He hits us up and he says, May I suggest what's in your jersey pocket segment on the Slow Ride podcast? Foil wrap, wrapped chicken sandwiches? What's in Florida? What's in Boston? What's in Minnesota? So, little guy, when you're on a bike ride, what are you normally running in your jersey pockets? Like, it's so in the hypothetical world that I went on a bike ride now. Yep. Um, my phone. Some headphones. Right. Headphones. Yeah. Pretty headphones. Practical so far. Huh? An Apple or something. Right. Like an iPod. Apple iPod. Apple. Like an apple that you eat. All my tools are going in the saddlebag, mm. so I don't have a lot in the in the jersey pockets. Maybe some extra gloves. How many water Let's bottles see. you bringing? Uh, no, I'm putting them on my bike. This right, is what I was going to say. In my pockets, last time I went for a ride. Now, see, it is uh, early March, I guess now, but last time I went on a ride was February. And when I go for a ride in February, I know what to expect. Except for I've done all my February riding in Minnesota up until now. So in my pockets were the gloves that I took off, the other gloves that I took <laughs> off, the hat yep. that I took off, <laughs> the arm armors that I took off, like the base layer that I probably had to take off, yeah. like as a stuffed full of stuff, and then the long sleeve that I had to take off and roll up and stuff in the pocket of the short sleeve mm-hmm. after transferring all that other stuff into the short sleeve pockets. It's kind of a challenge out here, you guys. It's it's not great, like balancing cold, like on the cusp of cold and warm. It's it's it sucks. It's why like you I'd rather. Wear- I'd rather it be cold, you know. Yeah, it's why you have to wear like at least two or three jersey layers with pockets, so you have layers of pockets. Yeah. So you, Spencer, if I'm hearing you correctly, you would take off your arm warmers and then place them in the pocket of the jacket that you just took off, and then stuff that into the pocket of your vest, and then perhaps take that vest off and stuff that into the pocket of the jersey. Uh, it's like yeah, it's like one of those um uh you know, nesting dolls kind of situations. The where, Russian nesting doll. <laughs> where you keep taking one thing off and stuffing it into another, and, like, eventually, yeah, it gets pretty big. You're looking a little bit camel-esque. All right. <laughs> All right. Around, but, so uh, do you guys want to guess what's in my water bottles on my most recent ride here on a March Saturday morning, 75 degrees? Little guy, say, what did I'm I have in, your water in my bottles. water? In my I'm going to uh, go water. with water. I'm going to go with water, too. But in yeah, your pockets? You want to talk about what's in your pockets? I'm going to say um, a moon water pie. Bottles. Some sort of moon pie <laughs> from, a, from a convenience store. Uh-huh. Um, maybe I, I did boiled have a peanuts little Debbie. you're in the South, yeah. right? Boiled I had a peanuts. little Debbie pie, a little Debbie snack. Okay. Uh-huh. Bo- some fresh boiled peanuts. <laughs> I um, did not. Cajun style, not. <laughs> and, uh, well... I was going to say ice cream, but no, you would just eat the ice cream at the stop. You would never, yeah, you would never stop go in the pocket. So, so I'm, I, I think that uh, there's a recent development that Tim is always going to have a chicken biscuit in his pocket nowadays. <laughs> no, he's, he's come over. He's, he believes in it now. I, I am a southern, you know, yeah, southern man now. You got to have that chicken biscuit with the hand warmers to keep it warm. I did spread that. I was on a work trip up through Knoxville this past week, and I did mm-hmm. tell people about the chicken biscuit theory, and they were like, you know, I've ridden with a lot of people with chicken biscuits. Not all of them, though, had heard 
of the hand warmers. But um, Cross Shark, good old Kevin Hayes, was hitting us up, and he was saying that more and more chicken biscuits are on the side of the trail. So uh, <laughs> good sign there. Wait, how's that the, a good uh, sign? Animal. People are just throwing chicken biscuits on the side chicken. of the trail? No, they're eating them. I mean, oh. it's just, you know, there's sand on the side of the trail. I mean, you got to... Oh, you got to work it through. Down. So you can always hit us up at the Slow Ride Pod on Twitter and the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com if you want to hit us up yeah. and let us know Any what's going on. Breaking and, um, chicken biscuit news <laughs> you guys have. So I was thinking of another new segment, and this segment may come over a little bit better than the Little Guy Quiz Corner as we are going forward <laughs> to the next week. Well, screw you guys. You can delete this entire part out of the Slow Ride <laughs> Podcast Network. I don't care. And okay. I'm pretty sure – do you guys have anything else to add? No, I okay. no. I think we've covered everything. Because Coach Tim is ready to call a night here. Questions we asked. We can just edit the last three minutes out of this because it didn't work. And with that <laughs> – We'd like to thank you all for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast and being a member of the Wide Angle Podium Network. I'd like to remind you all to wave at your fellow cyclists as you see them on the road. I make I go out of my way to wave, and I hope that you do too. Yeah, me too. You should do it. <laughs> Seeing yeah, if you guys are also riding bikes with me. <laughs> you like should always wave. You should always, you know... Always do that. You should always go to healthiq.com slash slowride. You should always check out the wide angle podium. Make it your homepage. Make it and your homepage. You home should page. go buy Dan Chavanoff's Ford Escort wagon. It'd be amazing. I'd like to thank him for also supporting the wide angle podium network. And with that, BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for the intro and outro music. Thank you. You're nailing this one. Coach Tim's ready to call it a night. <laughs> I bet. I think he is. Like You're putting like words that should have been on the beginning of a sentence at the end of the sentence. <laughs> Good job. Uh, you, made it, you made it through, Tim. Pretty yeah. sure I nailed it. And All with right. that, thank you for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. We bid you adieu. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod.